Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Frenzy. Fantasy Football Frenzy on FNTSY Radio. Corey Parson, Fantasy Executive, my man George Kurtz. Roto Experts exclusive edge package for 2018 now live. Make sure you hop on over there and get ready to dominate your upcoming fantasy football season. George, what you uh any 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 uh cool plans for the summer? Uh, I am going to Vegas in a couple of weeks, so uh, that's one cool. Well, I guess it's not a cool plan. It's gonna be a baked freaking potato in Vegas in July. But uh, going to Vegas for uh, a week with the uh, with the wife, not the kids, Corey. That's the nice. Key. Good times. Not Good the times. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I wish I was going. I, I didn't think of it. I wish I was going for about a week or two earlier, though, when the main event is there. That's that's poker, Corey. Oh, the uh, you you into the World Series of poker? I am. Yes, I'm. I'm a poker player. I enjoy playing. I didn't. So uh, a friend of mine is actually in the is is going. Uh, a good friend of mine, actually. He's uh, he, he paid a ten thousand dollar fee, and he's gonna go. He's gonna go participate. Very good. Shout out to him. Um, buddies of mine. That I was with last night, they were um, having they're having a game um next weekend. Sometimes those poker games they can go seven eight hours. Oh, easy! I mean, you talk about a yeah. tournament, you can go forever. You talk about a, a you know dealer's choice or whatever you're playing. That it's, it's just just answer the people leave when there's no more people to play. But yeah, you're damn right. Uh, you can go a long way in a poker tournament. Yeah. I, I never was any, I never was any good at it though, George. Never, never. I was always terrible at it. I, I never got the hang of it. I'm not How someone long? who's gonna is gonna read tells. Go you know, some people are very good at tells. I'm someone. I have very good memory. You know, so I'll remember if you how you play hands. And obviously, in our business, I'm very good at math. You know, so okay. I always know my percentages. I know my odds, and that's generally what dictates what I'm gonna do. I know my odds. You know, do I am I sixty forty to win? Well, then I'm gonna play. You know, I and I'm not. I'm a realist. I understand that. Uh, you know, king queen looks pretty. Not a very good hand. There you go, right there. Oh, that's oh, that's cool. Maybe you can teach me how to play one day. I, I've know? been playing cards for my, my mom taught me when I was your got a kid. And I just grew grew through there, and I, I enjoy. It's listen. It's like anything else. It's competition. You know, I love to play. It's competition, and uh, you know, you're in a tournament. It takes. Uh, it took me a while to figure out how to play hold 'em. You know, I'm because I was conservative at cards too, Corey. It's funny. And people, and the people I played with knew that, so they knew if I was in a hand that I had a monster hand because I'm conservative. You had to learn to change that up. You know, don't be afraid to play less premium hands. You just have to know when to get away from them at times. And sometimes you do have to bluff. And if you even if you're bluffing and you're losing, it may not be the worst idea to show them you bluff just to let them know once again that's a tool that you have in your tool belt. Oh, no doubt about it. So let me ask you this: um, Let's let's hop into some football right quick. What's going to happen with Baltimore, this Baltimore quarterback situation with Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco? If it's me, no more guaranteed money is owed to Flacco. So as soon as Lamar Jackson is deemed ready, he's your quarterback. You know Flacco's not coming back next year, right? He's not coming back. Mm -hmm. My thinking is this, Corey. You know, for a first-year quarterback, I always want to – I always assume the first year is going to be a bust. Learning year. I mean, okay. uh, granted, there are some quarterbacks who played well from you know right from the get go. It does happen, but it's a rarity. Generally, they don't. I understand. Lately, more do, but I always uh, assume that they're not going to play well. If they do, fine. But I want to make sure I get away the first year blues out of the way in the first year. I don't want Flacco playing all sixteen games. You're not going to the Super Bowl with him. Probably not going to the playoffs with him anyway. So I want to make sure, you know, Lamar Jackson plays at least eight, if not ten to twelve games, where he gets the first year blues out of the way. You know, I think it's silly to bench him. I think you need to play these guys. You don't have them for very long. You know, you're going to have them for four years. So you better figure out what they can do quickly and before you pay them this big money. You know, the Cowboys are going to have this problem with Dak Prescott. One Next good year, year one time. bad year. 
Right, and now you got to pay him a small fortune after this year. What if he has another bad year? You don't know. You can't make these six years you still uh, kinda, evaluations you still anymore. Kinda, yep, you still kind of got to pay him, even if he has a down season, because you could say, okay, we didn't have the wide receiver talent around him. Right. Next year, this time, Dak Prescott could very well be the highest paid player in the NFL. I doubt it, unless he has a monster season. But uh, I, it does, either way, he's going to be paid very well in 20, 24, 25 million a year. And exactly. So that, that, that's why I want to take advantage of it. If I'm Baltimore, as soon as I think, uh, as soon as Harbor believes that Lamar Jackson is ready, I mean, if it's in August, fine. If it's in October, fine. I think he has to be your quarterback. What has Flacco done over, since the Super Bowl, really, to make you think that he deserves this? He's done nothing. He got paid throw for five, that. Right? You don't owe him anything. Throw, it's time to move on. Throw five yard passes. That's what he's done. But here's the thing that team has always been in contention down the stretch. That team very rarely misses the playoffs, and they're always in their week, even, even this past season. You know, they were the team that lost to get the Buffalo Bills. Choked. Yeah. Choked for Cincinnati on that long touchdown. Exactly. So you're looking at a situation where if Harbaugh is saying, okay, this could be a season where my job is on the line, am I going to place my job in the hands of Joe Flacco, who I've been been there, done that with before, or do I scheme it up and let this kid take it and then risk risk having Flacco um, uninterested the rest of the season? See, I'm not worried about Flacco. I'm just not. He's, he's done You're not even here. tripping off of Flacco, yeah. No, I don't, I don't think Flacco is your concern at all. Your concern is all about Lamar Jackson, make sure, making sure you do what's right for him. Bring him along. Because this guy's an incredible athlete. You traded up to get him. You got him. And, so, and you have to be honest with yourself. I think that's the toughest part here of when Jackson's ready. You know, uh, is he is, is he going to be ready in August? You look at him in training kit. You need honest evaluations. That's why you need your, your coaches, your coordinators, to be honest and not just playing, uh, you know, rose-colored glasses and saying what you want yep. to hear. You need honesty here all, all all around. And, you know, if you need to go 7-9 and nine, but you bring along Jackson, won't that pay off in future years? That's the way I would look at it. So I think they need to be, uh, you know, come to Jesus moment with themselves. Flacco, in my mind, this is not Tom Brady where you owe him. You want him to be with the organization, you know, Brett Favre. If Flacco never comes back because he's angry, who the hell cares? Yeah. He got Super Bowl. He got his money. He got paid well. It was, it was, it was worth it. It was good times. You know, those things always tend to work their way out over the course of the, of the long run. I just think – I just my, my, my thing is Harbaugh is in a situation where he may not be the head coach through, a lot of, through Lamar Jackson's tenure because he may be attached to this year. So if I'm Harbaugh, I'm like, well, what do I do? You know, people, people never realize this. And what you just brought up is that these coaches, these GMs, they're all human. You know, he, yep. the, the, you're right. Harbaugh could have been told, listen, you don't make the playoffs this year, you're done. Which means Harbaugh yep. doesn't care about next year. He cares about now this year. He's going to do everything to win this year. That's why I think it's terrible for GMs to tell their uh, – or owners to tell their GMs or their coaches that, that scenario. Where if you don't, man, you don't do this, you're out. Because they're going to yeah. do things now that aren't good for the long-term organization of the club. They're going to do what's best for now. To try and you to see win this in all now. walks, yep. right? Try to win now, and that may may not be the right thing to do because if you want to win now, then you probably do need to stick with Flacco longer than you should, you know. And I think that's a mistake because I worry about the long term. Even if you win now at Flacco, where the hell are you going? You're mm-hmm. not winning the Super Bowl as this team is currently constructed. You're not, you know. No, maybe you can squeak in the playoffs. You'll be an AFC it. wild card team. You'll be the sixth seed, right? You you mentioned there, there could be two teams in the AFC that suck that get in. And they could be that team. And then you get mm-hmm. wiped out, you know, by New England or Pittsburgh and whatever it is. So I'm t- I, tend to look, I tend to look more at the long term. How can I be good for years, not just year? No doubt. 844 A little bit later on in the program, we'll look at some potential 2018 breakout candidates. Matter of fact, George, is Lamar Jackson a breakout candidate year one as a rookie? And that quarterback is so tough if you're not going to start to be a breakout candidate. Plus, yeah. it's so deep. Yeah, so I'll say no. He is a pick, though, in uh, Superflex and Dynasty and two quarterback leagues because, you know, he'll have some value. And, and in those types of leagues, Superflex, two quarterback leagues, every quarterback is drafted. And he'll be yep. someone who might be forgotten about. But you can use him. You know, he'll get, he's going to have a pack of plays from week one where he will be on the field. He's not going to get you a monster amount of points, but he will be usable. So uh, only in two quarterback leagues or Superflex leagues would I draft Lamar Jackson. Or obviously Dynasty and Keeper leagues, that's a different animal. Did you see this thing this past week uh, with Colin Cowherd and Baker Mayfield? Uh, I, yeah, I didn't know when he said he wasn't a good leader or something like that. 
more or less that kind of was what it was based around that he had him on the program and um he had one said that Mako Mayfield was undraftable. He didn't like, you know, quarterbacks celebrating and stuff like that. Didn't think that was NFL worthy. The two of them got into it a little bit. They both held their own, uh, Cowherd and Mayfield. That kind of was a story that was out this week. But one of the things around that story, George, was um it's reports coming out of Cleveland that but Baker Mayfield is not ready by a long shot. And the Tyrod Taylor is easily going to be this team's starting quarterback. Yeah, I've heard the same thing as you, that uh, he's not ready. And uh, listen, I, I, I said it at the draft time. I thought the Browns made a mistake. I wouldn't have drafted Mayfield number one overall. I thought that was really, you know, an, an out there pick, but that's Cleveland. What are you going to do? Uh, and that wasn't, there's nothing wrong with him not being ready. This is why you got Tyrod Taylor. It's not like they mm-hmm. didn't know they wouldn't have the number one overall pick and take a quarterback. So this is why you have Tyra Taylor. You can bring make Mayfield along slowly. If Taylor has to play the entire season, this is not necessarily a bad thing. Granted, you would have liked your number one overall pick in a quarterback-heavy draft to be able to play right away or at least be able to play at some point through the season. But, you know, it is still June. He's still got another five weeks where the uh, training camp starts. Let's see what he picks up, what he learns here. You know, I, I got to think at some point he plays. But I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing. Remember, Corey, you and I were more than old enough to realize, you know, back 10, 15 years ago and beyond that, quarterbacks didn't play in year one. They always sat a year, maybe two, maybe three before they played. George, I'm 25 years old. What the hell are you talking about? Wow, you've lived a hard 25, Corey. (laughs) You've done more in 25 than I have in 50. I don't know if you're talking about this age thing, uh, George. I'm 25. Scrapping 25-year-old man, Corey Parson. Um, you know, it's funny with this thing with Cleveland. Last year, all the talk was um, Deshaun Kaiser looks good. Deshaun Kaiser, you know, he's advanced. He's ahead of schedule. Deshaun Kaiser runs the offense well. Deshaun Kaiser's getting first-team reps. So it's kind of like you don't know what to believe when you what's, what's coming out of Cleveland. You feel what I'm saying, George? It's like, what the hell is this? Last year, this time, all the talk was how good Deshaun Kaiser looked in camp. This information, you're, you're kidding. This happens in the NFL? No one's telling uh, the truth. Uh, a little bit. I, listen, uh, I said earlier about Chicago, how they have a legitimate offense. I like what Cleveland's done, too. No I doubt. I mean, they, there's a lot of good pieces there. And I think, listen, Taylor is not great. He's not. He's a, he's a serviceable NFL quarterback. That's what he is. I think he got a rough deal in Buffalo. They never really put much around him. And, uh, you know, even I know it's funny how Robert Woods played great as soon as he got away from Taylor and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. You know, what happened there? So I, I get that. But, you know, he's got a, a legitimate running game. You got Carlos Hyde. You got Nick Chubb. You got Duke Johnson. Good luck, fantasy owners, trying to figure out which one of those guys to grab. I've seen Duke Johnson being drafted ahead of the other two uh, in drafts. You got, you know, your, your wide receivers. Right? You got Landry in the slot. Is he going to catch 100 passes? No, he's still going to catch his, his share of passes. You got Josh Gordon, who could be a, a game breaker if he's back on. Corey Coleman, I still think, uh, has room to improve here. Najoku, I've already said, I think he's a sleeper tight end. Either way, this now offense. Looks good. I mean, it looks good. It'll depend on the quarterback again. But I think, uh, you know, we're going to see what Taylor can do. Uh, I think the Cleveland Browns, I'm not going to say they make the playoffs, but I think they, if the over-under is five, is to win five games. Someone put this, over-under five games, Corey, to win. Where are you going with Cleveland? Over-under, five oh, wins. T- I take the over on five. You go, I take the over see, on 5.5. On I, I, I think five is the perfect number, by the way, because that's what I have him at. Uh, but I think I would go the over as well because I like what this team has done. And I think the fact that Baker Mayfield may not play, actually, is, is better for the over because I think exactly. Tyler Taylor can win you more games than Baker can. No, I know Joe Thomas is probably somewhere like, when, why did they decide to do this now? You know what I'm saying? I struggled through this for all of these years, and now you decide to try to get good? I, I thought the same. He was on NFL. I, I'm a big NFL live watcher. Uh, I like the show on Me ESPN. too. I like it. Yeah. And, and Thomas was on it right around the time where he, I think before he retired, he was still contemplating. They kept asking him. And I kept thinking, you know, something once you heard retirement, like, wow, did you pick a bad time, buddy? I mean, you finally got a team here that's at least an, it's an NFL team now. It's not a laughing stock anymore. You know, and, and now you decide to retire. So, uh, uh, not that I feel bad for the man. He's, he's got a gazillion dollars, but uh, probably not the best yeah, time yeah, yeah. on his part. He'll he'll be fine. <laughs> he'll make it. I agree with you 100% on that one, George. Oh, uh, where are you at on Shady McCoy this year? I, I think Shady's an interesting uh, player. Obviously, he's going as a running back, too. 
really the only piece in that Buffalo Bill offense. My thing is, how many years can he be the only piece in the offense that continue to be successful? I can't argue with you. We don't know who the quarterback. Hell, they're playing up Nathan Peterman. All right? Mm-hmm. If Nathan Peterman uh, is the starting quarterback there, then, A, how bad is A.J. McCarron and Josh Allen if he ends up beating them both out here? I don't like the wide receivers. You know, Zay Jones has had the offseason from hell. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin is a nice wide receiver, too. You know, a nice possession guy. Big guy. Go up and get the ball, but not a number one. Charles Clay, once again, same thing. A nice tight end, too, but not someone you really want catch, uh, being your number one tight end here. I love uh, LaShawn McCoy. Great player, but they also brought in Chris Ivory. And while I don't think Ivory's going to take away too many touches from McCoy, goal line take away the goal line carries. So that's an issue there at McCoy. Running back two, I'll take him, Corey, but I have worries. Yeah, I have worries, too. He's probably a player that I'm going to leave on the board unless I'm in, like, you know, unless, I don't know. He's more than likely a player I'll leave on the board. Maybe if I'm in an auction and he's somewhere under $30, maybe then I'll take the value on him at that point. But other than that, I've always been good with LaShawn McCoy. I've had LaShawn McCoy in his big years, and I've avoided LaShawn McCoy in his down years. So me and me and Shady have a synergy, George. <laughs> you and Shady are good. That's good to know. He's he's helped you yeah. out. He's uh, you got a little uh, a little ESP going there. I said I like McCoy, but you're absolutely right. The value will have to be there for me to grab him. Yeah, no doubt. That's what I'm saying on LaShawn McCoy. And as far as the rest of that team. I think Kelvin Benjamin can get a ton of targets, and I think the volume alone can have him in the wide receiver three conversation. I'm not a big fan of the player, though, or the situation. But by just because he's the only guy there, you feel what I mean? Sure. Someone's got to catch passes. <laughs> the ball's got to be thrown to somebody. So a PPR league, he could have some value. He's, just a, you know, he's not a breakout guy. You're going to need touchdowns to no, truly not have by a great season no. from him. And that's, yeah. that's my mm-hmm. issue with Kelvin. No, no, I, his breakout has happened already, and he's, you know, and he's not really a player that I think I would, you know, like I said, I, I want him on the bench. He can give me some work throughout the course of the bye weeks, but I would not be overexposed to the player by any stretch of the imagination. So, not me either. I, I, I don't even know if I'll have him in any leagues, actually, because uh, mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't, I like taking guys with some kind of upside here, and I don't see much from Kelvin, except for the uh, fact that the target list should be big, because they really, who else are they throwing to? There you go, 844-843-6879. When we come back, we're trying to look at some potential breakout candidates for 2018. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone, we promise. No weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Roto-Experts 2018 Fantasy Football Package now live at RotoExperts.com. Make sure you hop on over there, get the best premium service to help you win and dominate in fantasy football. It's the Roto-Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2018 now live at RotoExperts.com. All right, George, somebody in this Tennessee backfield has the potential to be a breakout player. Which one of these Tennessee running backs you in on? Derrick Henry? Deion Lewis, or you say, you know what, throw your hands up. I'm not fooling with it at all. I'm not afraid of this backfield. I'm not. Uh, I, I like. I love Derek it. Henry. Break it down, okay? I, yeah, do I like. I like. I like Derek. I took him in round four in that mock, okay? So I did take him. Uh, Deion Lewis went, uh, I think, in round five. Might have been early round six, but he went a little while after Derrick Henry. So <clears throat> I think there's enough to go around here. They're not going to be a throw the ball over the team, all over the field team. They're not. They're going to run the ball a lot or flips out of the backfield to Deion Lewis. I think there is enough touches to go around here. At the very least, let's say you don't feel it the same way. You know the goal line back's going to be Henry. All right, yep. that's going, he's going to be the goal line back, so you're going to get touchdowns from him. I have a hard time seeing where you don't get at least 12 to 14 touches out of him per game. So I think the, the rushing yardage will be there for you. I think this is an improving team. I think Mariota's getting a little better. 
we show, I know it's a new regime now, but we show, they showed last year they want to protect Mariota somewhat by not having him run as much. That's good for Henry and Deion Lewis, for that matter, because they'll give them more touches there. So I like what I'm seeing here. I'm not afraid of Henry. I would take him above Deion Lewis, but they both have value. Would you take him over Kenyon Drake? Uh, yes, I'm not high on that Miami. I don't quite think they're the worst team in the AFC. I think that's the Jets, but I'm not high in this Miami offense at all. What, what I do like about Drake, though, is that who's catching the ball for Miami? They're going to have to run the ball a ton, too, which means a lot of chances for Drake and Gore will have some value in deeper leagues as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. I just look at the situation where, you know, I like Kenyon Drake helped win championships last year. I'm just not sure that Miami is going to be any good. I would take Derrick Henry over Kenyon Drake also. When it comes to Deion Lewis, if you miss on Henry, you willing to go in and get a piece of Lewis? Yes. I don't know if I could do it in round five. I might have to wait a little further here. But uh, I, I said Deion Lewis is a good player. They sound to have a contract. They're going to use it. And I'll say it again. I, they're not a throwing team. They will throw the ball. But they're not. this is not the Green Bay Packers. You know, they're gonna run they're gonna have a pretty much a split offense, fifty fifty, run pass. Uh so I, I think Lewis has value out of the backfield, sort of a change of pace guy there. That defense is good for Tennessee, which means more chances for the offense. I think the only thing I'm truly worried about would be touchdown chances for Lewis. But I think there's enough balls here to go around for both players. When you look at the situation uh last year with Alvin Kamara coming out of nowhere, um and essentially becoming a fantasy football stud. You know, if it wasn't, he would have been on a lot of championship teams if he didn't have that little uh, concussion down the stretch where he had a couple of those tougher games. Mark Ingram suspended for the first couple of games. We know the whole story, the whole situation. Now, this type of back, this type of multi-dimensional talented back is kind of the NFL running back of the future, Alvin Kamara. We see another one coming to the NFL this year. Matter of fact, New England Patriots make a first-round draft pick on former Georgia Bulldog running back Sonny Michelle. Not only does Michelle have you know, a Kamara-type skill set, but he has the lineage of being a Georgia Bulldog running back, which those players normally transcend very well to the NFL. Is he a breakout guy, or this is a situation, George, where he's like, you know what, you can't trust Belichick in the running backs? No way am I taking, uh, unless the price is there. I mean, the value is there. There's no way the I'm taking The price is not going to be, he's going to be, in, he's going to be in the fourth round. I, I, I'm not going to be able to, unless I didn't draft any running backs. And I just needed okay. a high upside guy. Let's see what happens, you know, hope and pray. We all know Bill Belichick. He cares about one thing, one thing only, winning football games. He's not going to care about getting Michelle 15, 18 touches a game. Not if he believes throwing the ball all over the field is the way to win the game. You know, not if he believes this is a Rex, Rex Burkhead game. Nope, this is a Jeremy Hill game. Oh, it's a Gillis League game. James White game. You know, that's the way Bill works. And that's, by the way, it's the way you should work it. You know, he cares about winning and winning only, not placating anybody, not making anybody happy. I'm going to have a tough time taking Michelle because there's going to be so many weeks where, oh, Michelle played. It was a running day, but it was a Burkhead day, and you got nothing. You know, you got a couple of carries here, and it was a Burkhead day. Or Burkhead's going to be the goal line guy. Or it's going to be James White catching the ball in the backfield. It's, it's a smorgasbord there. There's too many backs there. Uh, I'm, you're not going to be able to convince me to do it. Now, I think, I, once again, it's not the player. It's the team he's on. No doubt. I can definitely see where you're coming from. I'll play in enough 12-team redrafts that I'll be exposed to the player just to see if he hits when it comes to a team that I'm putting big money on, more than likely won't have him on that team. That's kind of how I look at it. I do want exposure to the player. I think there could be something here. I think there is virus, I mean, excuse me, running back two upside. Um, I've heard some reports that <clears throat> out of OTAs and minis, it did look like they're running the offense through him. I would never believe that. I do think those other running backs are still going to be in the mix. But um, I think Michelle is the leader in that backfield. Um, I definitely understand the worries and the concerns. But I do think I'm going to go in on Michelle as an RB2 flex type option. And some of my leagues, I won't be close. I will, I will not have 50% exposure. I'll put it that way. It would be somewhere around 20 to 30%. Is that fair? It is. It, I have no. I say if you're playing that many leagues, of course we're going we're to have everybody. Uh, exactly. I just, <clears throat> to me, it, just, it comes down to, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Yeah. Fool me twice, no two, ten times, shame on me. And uh, it's it's just not something I want to deal with because <laughs> I know it's going to piss me off. It's just going to make me angry on Sundays when, it, you know, New England scores 48 points, but it was a throwing day. You know, they didn't, they barely used any of the running backs, and uh, that, you know, it's uh, I have enough, <laughs> I have enough Ajita. On Sundays with that, <laughs> he's going to do. 
I know what you mean. <laughs> that's interesting. You don't need any more headaches on Sunday. That's no. Listen, that's that's not. It's not a bad theory at all. You know what I'm saying? Make your Sunday mornings as peaceful as possible. Man, I don't have no issue with that. No, you won't get no beef with that one over here. Um, is there a breakout? I don't want to say breakout. Nah. What's the run, the running back situation with the Houston Texans? Lamar Millen and Foreman. Foreman would be a breakout guy. Miller is still in the mix. Forever, I mean, it seems yeah. like. We've been talking about yeah. Lamar Miller for as long as I can remember playing fantasy football. Looks like Miami was right about him, right? He had the one big year with Houston, and he's done nothing really since. Foreman's coming off the Achilles injury, though, and before I can really get on board him, I need to see him cut, you know, stop, yep, start, and do all that. I mean, torn Achilles tendon. You know, this injury only happened, what, eight months ago? You know, mm-hmm. November of uh, – last November. So I need to see to make sure he's healthy because, I mean, if he didn't have this injury, I might rather have him later than I would Miller earlier. I don't think Miller has much left. I just don't. There's nothing exciting there. You know, he's a low-end RB, too, because he's starting for Houston. Sean Watson's back. The offense should be more exciting. And theoretically, since Watson's back – Defense is going to, have to you know, stand off the line of scrimmage. Safety's going to have to play deep to watch out for him throwing the ball over the over the top there. Lamar Miller, actually, he's just not exciting. He's just not. 888 yards last year, even the year before that, 1,073, 872, 1,099. I mean, in this day and age, 1,000 yards is nothing. It's what, no. 70 yards a game. It's blocked. Yeah. You know, it, it just is. So uh, I don't see much changing here from Lamar Miller. But the fact that Foreman, I, don't, I can't trust him either. Uh, means I would draft Miller ahead of him, but truth is, I'd have to stay away from the running backs in Houston. Avoid the backfield. Are you going to avoid Will Fuller? No, I'm not going to avoid Will Fuller. He's another guy you could, uh, I don't know if we could say he's a sleeper because we, we know the name here, but he, a guy who I think is going to outperform where he's going to get drafted. Yeah, listen, Hopkins is not going to catch every pass. He's just not. Now, I don't know if Will Fuller is going to, you know, of his, a quarter of his uh, receptions are going to be touchdowns again, which is what it was last year. 28 receptions, seven were touchdowns. But I think he'll, it wouldn't shock me if he doubles the receptions, maybe doubles the yardage, not doubles the touchdowns. Maybe the touchdowns stayed the same. I think he has value in the later rounds as a wide receiver four, wide receiver five. All right, so let's play this game. Um, Will Fuller or Corey Davis? Oh, that's the number one in town. I'm not sure I'm at. Man, you, you picked two good ones as far as it's not an easy choice for me. It's not, and, gonna, this is, that's, that's the goal of the exercise, George. That's very good. <laughs> I, I, I would prefer it. As, as for me, I prefer you make it easy. I'm going to go Fuller. Uh, I trust okay, the quarterback I like more. It. I think they may, may, they may throw the ball more. Fuller or Cooper Cup? Oh, too many, too many guys. There. I'll go Fuller. I, I do like Cooper Cup, but uh, you know, you got Cooks, you got Robert Woods, you got Gurley. They're gonna run the ball a whole lot with that defense. They're not gonna need to throw the ball that much. They're just not. They can win with Gurley in the defense and not have to take chances on turnovers. Give me Fuller. All right, Fuller or Sammy Watkins. You know, Watkins worries me, uh, and the reason he does is because him and Tyreek Hill are really the same receiver. Deep and uh, okay. let's throw the ball until mm-hmm. we get it to them. Uh, I'm going to go Watkins here, though. We are hearing that Andy Reid is moving him around, or the offensive coordinator is moving him around because they realize that they need someone to catch the balls over the middles. So give me Watkins here, but I say that with some trepidation. Oh, interesting. Uh, so let me ask you, Will Fuller or Devin Funches? I'm going to go f- I'm gonna go Fuller. Uh, you're, high, like you're, high, high. you're high on Fuller. I like Fuller. I, he's a guy I think is going to surprise people this year. I, I, listen, I'm big on Watson, too. And I believe this offense is going to be transformed. I think if you put Watson there for 16 games, they're going to, I don't trust the running game at all, which is part of this, because they're going to throw the ball more. I like the defense. They're, they're getting back, uh, what, Watts coming back, uh, Wiley's coming back. So I think this whole, uh, this whole team's going to be better this year, which is all, in my mind, predicated on Watson in the passing game. Everything's going to be good here. So, yeah, yeah, I am high on Fuller. Fuller or Chris Hogan? Oh, going back to New England. My favorite, no, Belichick, huh? Uh... I'm going to go Hogan. They just, this is not much. Okay. With Edelman uh, suspended, I think this is not much there. It has to be Hogan. I agree with you. Fuller or Smith-Schuster? Smith-Schuster. Love him. Okay. Uh, once again, on- everyone's worried about Bell. Everyone's worried about Brown. Smith-Schuster's going to have a field day. I like, I like Smith-Schuster a lot this year, too. I've been seeing Smith-Schuster in the third, though. That's scary. That is scary, yeah. man, because that's with some top. But I, I, I get the theory there. You take like him in the said, third. Everyone's worried. He's a st- He's a starter if you take him in the third. 
Which he oh, should too. He's a, he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a two, exactly. He's a high two. And I, I want him as a three. I'd want him as a three, too, but yeah, I think you're going to have to get him as a two. two. Yeah, I'll say it again. Everyone's worried about Bell. Everyone's worried about Brown. It's one-on-one for Schuster all day long. So I'm, I'm going to like him as well. He's a guy I wouldn't want to take him in the third. I wouldn't want to take him as a two, but I would. You know, if he's there at the bottom of three, I would. I think big things are coming for Smith-Schuster. Yeah, I like Smith-Schuster this year, too. So I think his breakout meter is pointing in the right direction. So is that of Will Fuller. Um, What do you think Crabtree does in Baltimore? I mean, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be full-time. You know, Flacco will certainly start. What's going to happen with these uh, the packages for, uh, you know, for Lamar Jackson? Is he going to be able to throw the ball? Is he just running packages? Is his, you know, a lot of stuff goes into it here. I don't think it's going to be huge. Uh, I'm not touching him. That's the bottom line here. He's someone I'll uh, probably be more interested in next year than this year. Uh, I don't trust Flacco. Flacco's good at throwing a deep ball. And Crabtree can, you know, he's not that kind of receiver, but there'll be some uh, opportunities for him. No, I'll be staying away from. I'll be staying away from all the receivers in uh, in Baltimore. Uh, I'm, I, no, I only know of one. <laughs> I got Willie Sneed. Come on, you don't have Willie Sneed. Oh yeah, that's right, John my Brown. man Willie Sneed. We was we, we was on Willie Sneed last year. So was I. Yeah, that didn't work out well. Kamara killed him. Yeah, he really killed him. Kamara killed him. Kamara absolutely killed him last year. That's where Willie Sneed work went. Now. He's using another team where is, is, is a very effective at throwing the football to the running back. What do you think about that running back situation? Are you all in on Alan Co- Alex Collins, or do you or do you have some Kenneth Dixon trepidation in the back of your mind? You know, Dixon might have been the starter last year if he didn't get suspended, right? Mm-hmm. And he did. Now he's back. I think Collins is the starter. I have not. I think he is the starter. Judge Javaris Allen more third down back, catch the ball in the backfield, smattering of uh, touches there. But I think it's going to forget about Dixon, which means listen, they can be pissed off at him, right? That he that he did what he did and he was gone. Uh, but I think he's going to steal some touches here. So I am in on Collins, but I'm not dying to get him. Someone takes him ahead of me. I, I'm not crying about it, not at all. Okay. Even if I got sniped, no I wouldn't cry about it. Nice. I agree with you on, on on that one also right there. Kind of looking through some of the lists and some of these players that. What do you think about the? Uh, I see a lot of people drafting Marlon Mack, and I'm like, why the hell are y'all drafting Marlon Mack? I that's now you're talking about a, a scenario I stay away from I do not go to Indianapolis to look for running backs. I go to Indianapolis to look for T. Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck. That's it. That really is about it. And maybe you throw Jack Doyle in there as well for a low end. Yeah, Jack end. Doyle, no doubt. I mean you got Mac, you got Hines. They've been playing up Robert Turbin as well, saying that he looks great in camera. He could be a three down back. I've been hearing that Robert Turbin mine. looks great for the past six years now. <laughs> yeah, hasn't worked out very well. Nope. I think it, uh, it's a mix. It could be the hot guy they go with here who's ever playing well during that game, or it could be where Matt gets 10 touches, Hines gets 10 touches, Turbin gets eight, whatever it might be. They'll just mix it up between the three of them. Uh, that could be good for Indianapolis, terrible fantasy owners. I don't think any of these guys is certainly not RB1s or RB2s. You want to talk about flex guys, uh, bye week fillers? That's where I would look at for the Miami, uh, the Indianapolis running back situation. I agree with you. This is not a situation that I'm interested in, and um, that's not where I'm going. You did, but you did mention something with his tight ends, um, Jack Doyle. Not to mention the fact Eric Ebron, hand to stone Eric Ebron. Um, you, any love for Eric Ebron, George? And this is the tight end this, article. This signing made no sense to me. I mean, you had Doyle. He they like to have Ebron's two tight great, ends, but it's not like he's a great blocking tight end. Which I could have, if he was, then I could have understood that. All right, you're going with two tight end system. You really want to protect Andrew Luck. I would actually like that a lot. But you mentioned it. What does he do well? He's a, a, a pass catcher who can't catch, yeah. you know, which always amuses me for, you know, wide receivers and tight ends, guys who can't catch the ball when that's your job. You know, so I, I don't know if I understood what they're doing here. Um, they use two tight ends. Get a better You've one. Seen it. Okay, you're, not, you're saying, you know what? Eric Ebron's not the guy. All right, cool. George, no no love for Eric Ebron. Let me break that down. <laughs> I've, I've bitten it on him too many times. George Kurtz hates Eric Ebron. <laughs> well, I don't hate may be a, a strong word. I don't know if I hate anybody. You know who is getting close to hate level with me? I'm dying Devon- to hear it because I knew this was coming. Devontae Parker. Oh, God. And this is why I worry about the Miami passing situation. Because I don't trust them either, you know. Yeah. And now you don't have the, the safety blanket in uh, 
and Jarvis Landry. That's what he was. Okay, well, you know what? No one's open with Landry over the middle of five yards. You know, you're going to move the chain somewhat there. Parker has all the talent in the world, has had the foot injuries that have slowed him down a bit. And now, I mean, is he the number one? And is he, is he ready for that? And if he's not the number one, who is? Is it Kenny Stills? You don't, you know, I, listen, the tight end, Mike Kosicki, okay, he could end up being good, but he's a rookie. You don't know what you're going to get from him. So I, this is why, even though I don't believe Miami's the worst team in the AFC East, um, I can't knock you for thinking it because I don't like Tannehill, never really have. The running game, I think, is solid, but I don't trust the receivers, don't trust the, uh, the tight ends, and the defense is not, not as good as it used to be, and it was never great anyway. Is Jay Cutler still on their roster? No, no, uh, okay. Jay, Jay is gone. We won't have to worry about okay. smoking Jay. He's <laughs> got a smoking wife, too. Oh well, that I would been I would have stayed retired last year if I was looking at that or if I was looking at those legs. You know what I mean? I don't think the legs would be what I was looking at, but hey, you know, each their own. <laughs> when we come back on the other side, we keep the discussion going. It's the exec and my man George Kurtz right here on the Fancy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. segment, Fancy Football Frenzy, FNTSY Radio, Weekend Edition. Exclusive Edge Package on sale for 2018. Hop on over to RotoExperts.com. Get involved with that. Get down with the get down. Oh, man, George. What do you got? So, kids out of school, getting closer to the start of football season. These weeks right here, these next five weeks, are the most important week of the NFL season. And you know why, George? I'm waiting with bated breath. Because the players are not under team control right now. And most of them are back in their home. <laughs> and most of them and most of them are back in their hometowns. You're absolutely right. Uh, this is what this is probably the time of year that scares the crap out of coaches, you know, and yep. management for that matter cuz uh they're free now. And they're going on vacation. They're doing what they want to do pretty much for the next month before the grind starts. You know, and, uh, you know, you just finished OTA, so you know what you have and you want to continue to have it in July. Uh, you're right. And it's, it's a worry all, all of us, right? Because uh, it seems like there'll, there'll be players who get in trouble. There's, I have a hard time believing over the next four to five weeks we're not going to hear anything about a player who did this or didn't do this or should have done that, you know. Uh, and uh, once again, it's why if I'm a player, you got to be so careful. In, in this day and age, with all everybody has these the smartphones, cameras, videos, you got to be real careful in everything you do. There's nothing worth, especially for a football player whose shelf life is small anyway, short anyway. There's mm-hmm. nothing worth risking these millions of dollars you can possibly make. So, everybody, you know, you know, before we start going drafting people and getting all hyped for these players, we got to make sure that they are in tow. Um, and this is an important time of year for them to get through. You know who I do like in Miami, uh, George? Kenny Stills. He's a, he's a solid player, and he uh, he does have some fun, uh, report with uh, Ryan Tannehill. What always worried uh, me about Tannehill, uh, especially in the Mike Wallace days, he was not a good deep thrower. I mean, I understand why Wallace is so frustrated there. Because if he wants to film there, Wallace would be open. I'm not talking open by 20 yards, but he'd be open where an NFL quarterback should be able to get on the ball, and he couldn't. 
He judged, he was uh, maybe he had told him this judging while the speed, whatever it might be, but he couldn't get on the ball. And we've seen this not as badly, but with other, the other receivers as well, with Parker for that matter, and Stills. I've seen it also, but he does seem to uh, be more in tune with Stills than he ever was with Wallace. So I have some faith here, but it comes down to me over and over again. I don't like Tannehill. I I just don't. I think he's playing period stop. You don't like Tannehill. Well, yeah, I think so too. I, I don't. I don't. He should have been playing for his job, if you ask me. But that's neither here nor there. Um, let's talk about the New York Jet wide receivers. Robbie Anderson flashes, pops, breaks out last year. We saw flashes from Jermaine Curse, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, hopefully he's never a thing again. Now, the guy last year, this time that we were on, was Quincy Anunua. Anunua gets hurt for the season. Anderson and Curse come onto the scene. You know what? I'm down to buy a Noomway at a cheap price this year. Seek sit him on my bench and see what happens. What about you? Probably not because sooner or later Sam Darnold's taking over there. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I think it's you know week six, week eight, whatever. Uh, I don't know when the Jets bye week uh, is offhand. That seems to be a popular time where they change quarterbacks when you go to the rookie. Not that there's anything wrong with McCown, but he's a care. He knows he's a caretaker. That's all he yeah. is. He's an instructor there for Sam Darnold. And uh, when does Sam take over? You know, when does Sam take over? I think Robbie Anderson will get suspended at some point, uh, maybe before the season, maybe shortly after. Okay. Pryor, who the hell knows what you're going to get out of him? There's a lot to look at. There's a lot of mud to be thrown on the wall here, but what sticks? And I think that's my problem here. I'm probably avoiding all these guys. Ooh, George Kirsch out on the situation altogether. I take a dollar on Anunwa. Had some luck with Anderson last year. Don't really, not really sure if I'm going to go back with Anderson this year. It's going to be some ups and downs. Obviously, when you say Sam Donald will get this job at some point, I don't mind a dollar make you holler stash and cash on a prior or a new one later on. Obviously, prior is going to be a player that a lot of people are going to stay away from this year because they were truly burnt by him last season. Situation in Dallas looks like it's getting a little bit clearer as Alan Hearns. People are saying that Alan Hearns is the no-doubt number one wide receiver on the Dallas Cowboys. People have seen him in OTAs and mandatory minis. And people are always saying the young man, Michael Gallup, is going to be a guy that's going to have some fantasy value at some point in the season that he is impressed in times in, min- in mini camps and OTAs. I'm willing to go in. Uh, I think one of them is going to have a season where they finish as a top. One of them will finish as a top 30 fantasy wide receiver. Gallup. Hearns or Cole Beasley. One of them will. I don't know which one that's going to be, though, George. That's the problem. I'm willing to bank on Hearns, though. Isn't it kind of scary that you just mentioned one of them is going to finish as a top 30, and you didn't even, you didn't even mention Terrence Williams? I know. I, I mean, th- that's just, ugh, how this guy is, uh, just has, really hasn't developed. Um, I don't think it'll be Beasley. Uh, Gallup, you're absolutely right. He's getting a lot of good pub. Uh, Brian Brodus, a uh, former NFL scout who works for the Cowboys, uh, has been playing him up as well, that he's looked really good. The Cowboys may have gotten something there in the third round. Uh, I think Hearns will be the guy you want there. I don't think uh, I'm going to be able to put Gallup in this cow. You know, he's a rookie, so I think it'll take some time. I don't know what's going on with him and Dak. Uh, Hearns, though, is somebody who's done it before, so it's easier for me to go his way here. But the bottom line is for this Cowboy offense, it's all going to be about Ezekiel Elliott in that offensive line. Can they move the ball? Can they be in second and five, second and six? If they can, they'll be somewhat successful. If they can't, it's going to be a long season for Dallas. I don't like the Cowboy hate that I'm hearing this year. I think the Cowboys will be fine. I really do. I think Ezekiel Elliott is the key on offense. Getting him back makes it much easier game for Dak Prescott, regardless of who the wide receivers are. And I think him not having a big, dominant, give-me-the-ball target could be a good thing. I would I would agree with you. That he, uh, he's not going to feel that he has to get the ball to, uh, to Dez. almost said the, to Dak. That'd be tough. Um I think that's probably is a good thing. Obviously, it would be an, an illegal forward pass too. Well, you know, if you bank it off a player and then go catch it yourself, it's not. We've seen that. Yeah, you're I, right. That is that is true. <laughs> I don't know if that's in the playbook. In the playoffs, did, didn't Mariota do that against KC? Yes, he certainly did. You're right. Yep, yeah, that's right. So did. see, it's uh-huh. in the playbook, Corey. You're right. You know, it's in the playbook. They just, they just don't break it out. They're they're afraid wimps. Uh, anyway, uh, so I think that's probably is, and the fact that. 
you know, that, uh, that Dallas didn't even offer uh, Dez a pay cut. It was just, you're gone. It let you know that they, you know, they wanted to move on. Uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't working out for whatever, whatever reason. We're not getting along. No chemistry with Dak. So I, I think, uh, once again, could be addition by subtraction there. Although, uh, me personally, I, I would have liked to have seen a way to get uh, Dez back because I'm a fan. But uh, I, we were worried about the Cowboys. All right, there's no Dez. We think that's good. No Jason Witten. That's bad. Right? That's, now, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about Witten, and he's slow as dirt. You know, he is slow, but he was Mr. Reliable. And he was, and he's also a very good blocker. You know, that's one thing that people don't realize. It's not just the pass catching him, is it's the blocking. He was one of the better blocking. It's the reason why he's a Hall of Famer, because he's one of the better blocking tight ends in the game. Uh, Rico Gathers has a ton of talent, a ton of talent, but not not a whole lot of football experience. Other than that, you got Blake Jarwin and Jeff Swaim. So I think this is what I worry about the Cowboys. I mean, there's not a lot here to like as far as the uh, receiving guys. They built up the defense somewhat, you know, uh, and it'd be really nice if they could figure out a, a way to pry Earl Thomas away from Seattle. Because I think if they do that, they'd actually have it a, a well above defense. But other than that, I think this offense will struggle at times this season. This, the key on defense is the health of Sean Lee, and it's been that way for almost a decade now. Uh, the health of Sean Lee. Dallas defense is going to be as good as Sean Lee is. We saw DeMarcus Lawrence emerge, uh, Lawrence emerge last season. Also see some good young secondary players. Earl Thomas would put the unit all together, though. Um, the guy, Jarwin, is the leader in the clubhouse right now for the tight end gig. Yeah, you're not drafting him. You're 100% correct. You're not drafting him. You're, you're not, not drafting. drafting. I'll say this for fantasy owners. If uh, you're in a, a deeper league, you probably have the deeper than 12 teams, you might want to think about gathers because if he can get on the field, he will be a red zone threat because he is a okay. huge man. He's a huge man, and he has time. He can run. The problem is, you know, running routes and being where he's supposed to be and blocking are all things he has to work on there. So he's someone you, you're going to want to consider if he can win that number one job, but he, he'll never break the uh, – he can be a guy where if you're taking Jordan Reed – Maybe you want to go him if you want to go with an upside guy, you know, a, a second tight end. Uh, I, I'll be honest, though. I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm not taking – I'm, I'm probably not taking anybody, honestly, on the Cowboys other than Ezekiel. There you go right there. Um, do you know Jason Witten? I don't know if you've heard this before, George. He, Whenever the Cowboys would bring in a good young tight end prospect – Jason Witten would make life hell on them so the player would ask to be moved or traded or didn't or wouldn't want to resign with the Cowboys. Are you aware of that? Uh well, this is what Martellus Bennett, he was uh he he wasn't a big Jason Witten fan. Right. Yeah. Uh I, you hope that's not true. I mean, I, I it's human nature for it to be true. Right. Brett Favre exactly. didn't help Aaron Rodgers because right? he wants to keep his job. And I I don't understand that. Because let's say it is true. What the hell was Brett Favre worried about? You're one of the greatest of all time. You know, uh, I mean, Jason Witten, same thing. And one of the Cowboys, other than Bennett, the Cowboys never had anyone to really challenge Witten. I mean, they, they have. Because, once again, you have a Hall of Fame. You don't need to bring in anybody else. Mm-hmm. Bennett, they sort of uh, developed. Uh, and you outlasted him as well. I always, I, I, I you know, for me, because I, I think it's about team. And you should be wanting to get your teammates to get better. But I understand it's also about your livelihood. <laughs> And last thing no, you want is someone taking your job and you don't have a job anymore to support your family or, you know, whatever you want to say. So I, I understand it both ways here. But I, I guess bottom line for me, it's disappointing to think that players do. I know they do, but it's disappointing to think that guy would go out of his way, out of his way. You know, I may not help you, but I wouldn't go out of my way to hurt you either. Yeah. No, Jason Witten, you would go out of his way to hurt young tight ends. Um, speaking of that scenario that you mentioned, George, how about Ben Roethlisberger? They was asked Roethlisberger, "Have you been working with Mason Rudolph, trying to give him a helping hand?" He said, "That's not my job." You know, if you want to talk about a player I hate, Ben Roethlisberger yeah. would be it. I, you know, I, I, he, I agree with you 100. percent If I was age, I'm just telling him, "Shut the hell up!" You mm-hmm. know, just don't say anything because you know you complain. You know, about you, uh, oh, I'm going to retire, I'm going to retire. Then you act all mad when the Steelers take Mason Rudolph. What the hell would you expect them to do? You said you're going to retire. Well, you're yeah. thinking about retirement, so they have to cover themselves. And once again, you know, if, when I'm talking to the media, if, someone, if I'm Ben Roswell and someone asks me that question, I'm not saying that answer because that, that exactly. just makes you sound like a jerk. And I just, you know, either uh, ignore it or go, oh, listen, well, he'll, he's fine. He looks good in camp. We're going we're gonna to do where? You can say we. We're going to do all we can to get him up to uh, – 
uh, up to par or whatever word you want to use. Say we, well, yes, that's, you're including yourself, but you, maybe you're doing very little, but you're not lying. You know, you're not lying. So uh, I, I don't know. I just think they wish they would think. Why he has to act like such an idiot is, uh, is beyond me. Uh, his, just, feel, just his, feel, his feelings are hurt. He wants to continue to be able to hold the franchise hostage every offseason and make it about him. And now he can't do that no more. So the franchise has taken that out of his bag of tricks, and he's upset about it. But he's made over uh, how many hundreds of millions of dollars as the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback? Give me a break, Big Ben. You know, same thing goes for Joe Flacco, too. You've been played as an elite-level quarterback, haven't played at an elite level maybe ever, Besides, outside of one playoff run, um, and now you have an issue. Hey, Lamar Jackson, um, have you got? A, have you heard from Joe Flacco? No. Have you reached out to Joe Flacco? Yes. How? Send him a text message. Did he ever text back? No. <laughs> well, I can understand Joe Flacco being a little per- perturbed. He knows his job is done, right? Yeah. He is going to lose his job. Ben Roethlisberger, there's no chance in hell you're losing your job with the Mason Rudolph until you retire. Not exactly. going to happen this year. Not going to happen next year. So what the hell? You, I mean, are you that insecure? And that's really because are you that insecure? Do you actually think that you're going to lose your job to Mason Rudolph? You know, I, I could like I, I could sort of understand Flacco. You are going to lose your job. It's gone to Lamar Jackson. <laughs> no matter when. I get it. You know, but as for Ben, it's not the same excuse. It's just not. Pittsburgh doesn't want you to leave. They took a quarterback because you keep threatening to leave. Yep. Exactly, 100%. I agree with you 100%. And Ben Roethlisberger, you know, without Todd Haley there, that makes life a little bit more uh, e- easier to deal with because you don't have the, uh, the the hated man that is Todd Haley to worry about. So he's in Cleveland now with a division rival. Now, obviously, he goes into that situation. You suspect to see some fantasy goodness because that, for, for, for as horrible a human being as Todd Haley is, he knows how to coach offense. So... That's going to be interesting to see how that situation plays out. Uh, Denver Bronco running backs. I like Devontae Booker five rounds later than I like the rookie Royce Freeman. Where are you at? I see where you're going with this. You know, we're free, uh, you don't you don't like Freeman's price. You'd rather have Booker five rounds later. I get it. Uh, I don't trust the offensive line there. I'm not a big Case Keenum guy either. It's another situation. Odds are, are in a perfect world. I like to stay away from. I understand nice. you can't do it in all leagues. You got we need running backs. Every running back that has a pulse has value because of this reason. But if I had my choice, I'd stay away here. Don't really trust either one of them. Yeah. Um. I think Freeman could be a thing. I just think that uh, you give Devontae Booker a full shot. And don't get me wrong, you probably can say he's had it, but C.J. Anderson always been in the mix. But um, I think I think a healthy Booker can battle and probably win this gig. He's trying to stay in the NFL now at this point. You know, he's on his last year, his rookie deal. So a situation where he could bounce around the league or maybe he can be gone. So he wants to make sure he gets uh, his money's worth this year in 2018. Um, C.J. Anderson in, in Carolina. You like it? Red zone guy. Um goal line back, maybe bye weeks, you look down at your bench, bam, pop in C.J. Anderson. You think that's something that you'll end up saying to yourself at one point this season? Well, he's a better Jonathan Stewart. At this point in their careers, that's what he is. He's a better Jonathan Stewart. Uh, you know McCaffrey's going to catch all the balls out of the backfield. C.J. Anderson be a between-the-tackles guy. So, yes, as a running back three, running back four, someone you're not starting, but you mentioned bye week covers or you know an injury or something like that. The only really negative about him is that you know Cam is going to steal those goal line because he's going to sneak the ball in. So that guy, he's going he'll lose some touchdowns that way. But yes, he certainly has value. Yeah, I think so too. And I think he is a player that could end up being on your um that he's a player that could end up being on your bench and throughout the course of the bye weeks I don't think it was going it's like you can do worse. You could have Frank. Oh, you goal. definitely can do worse. Frank, I mean I think Miami's going to run the ball a lot. So, uh, you know, Frank, uh, I think Frank will get his Eight touches a game. That's not what you want. I mean, no. uh, paraphrase Joe Girardi there. It's not what you want. But, uh, you know, once again, he's, he's a running back with a pulse. He'll be drafted. You know, he may come closer now to the handcuff theory, though, where if you have Drake, you want Gore rather than a guy all by himself. I don't think he has that kind of value. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, George, last, last on this past Thursday, the Yankees and Mariners, you know that uh, Jason Garrett, and Coach John Calipari were in a suite at Yankee Stadium. So was Tommy Lasorda. He was there as well. He was in that suite with them, huh? He was in this, and so Brian Cashman was there as well. So, yeah, it was it was a heavy-hitting uh, suite that day. I, I assume it was the Yankees' owner's box. It was Lasorda, Calipari, Garrett, and Brian Cashman. 
RotoExperts.com exclusive edge package for 2018 out now. Make sure you go pick it up. For my man George Kirsch, I'm Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, Fantasy Football Frenzy Weekend Edition. We out.